And who says voting doesn't work, Cole? <laughs> oh, boy. This podcast is all about talking about the questions that we all have in relation to Christian life in the world. You have to um, put a camel through a needle or something. Mm-hmm. Then we have to, you know, face like, persecution. Like wear a mask. What <laughs> no, uh, a hot take. Hot take. <laughs> I'm a normal dude. George is a Presbyterian pastor. This is not for homeschool Johnny. All right. Cool Kids Bible Study, episode 23. Uh, Is it 23? Sure. Uh, Episode 24. We're off to a gangbuster start. (laughs) I always always just write the name of the title in my my notes. I never actually do the, the number. So... Uh, I wrote the number and I wrote episode 23. <laughs> uh, it's it's episode 24, ladies and gentlemen. Bow to your sensei. Whoa. Bow to your sensei. Um, and this is going to be a fun episode. I, um, I started my day at 4 a.m. So I'm like going to be, you know, a little less chipper, a little less on the ball. Uh, but that's fine because this show isn't about me. This show is about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, and it's about making fun of George, Amen. who's also here. Amen. And I am. Uh, here, yes. yes. Coltas John speaking with me, the good reverend George Rollinson. Hello, everyone. And I will also not be on the ball because I am in the midst <laughs> of General Assembly right now, online General Assembly. You see, so we're recording. You, you this. were in the midst of coming back from General Assembly. Why do you do this? Why- it's not. No, no. It's 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 just. It's not my fault. It's online general assembly. Yeah. So, so last week was committees where we like vote on things to bring before. And this is like the big one with like 500 people voting on every, on everything. So like that I'm, we're all, we do it online because everyone's afraid of getting COVID. So not everyone, (laughs) obviously I'm not, but like Putin cured COVID (laughs) last time. Jeez. And so so we Putin cured COVID the moment he crossed into the Ukraine's borders. <laughs> he cured COVID. <laughs> um, and so I am like in the middle of 12 hour days from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. online and Zoom. So this is a welcome reprieve, but I'm also completely dead inside. So Ugh. why do we even have a show, dude? <laughs> to to uh, to massage our egos. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, my ego's got a little bit of a sore back today. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Say that much. Fuck. Is it because you okay, had to so engage in blue collar work? Is that why you're upset? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did blue collar work. Um, so I, I just I got a new job. I'm working for a, a company that will remain unnamed. Um, you know, as if there's, <laughs> which is kind of stupid because as, as if these people can't just Google me or LinkedIn search me if they really care to know where I work. And what city I live in. But basically, it's a company that distributes things to places. And uh, in order to understand the ins and outs of that business, I did a ride along with one of our drivers today who is in charge of uh, visiting those places. And did you just turn on the air conditioning? Uh, no, but I. Uh, I'm hearing it sounds like a, a gently crashing wave is behind you. Uh, it just that- went away. Is that me spinning? No. It sounds like you just turned on and off a fan or something. Huh. Is one of your ghetto ratchet ass neighbors up to no good again? <laughs> blowing Very weed possibly. smoke me, into your Let me see. 
blowing blunt smoke into your vents. Maybe. <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> so George lives in a, a you know, it's got a hey, look. George's apartment has a lot of charm. It's a fun place. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like last time, you know, the only time I've stayed there, there were a couple of superintendents that, you know, barged their way in <laughs> out of nowhere. To check for roaches. And we're just like, yo, do you have roaches? <laughs> and George was like, oh, uh, no. And they were like, well, you're going to. And then just left. And I was like, are they going to put roaches in this apartment? Like, are these guys trying to, like, ensure their job security by, like, making sure you have roaches? Yeah, they were like... <laughs> they were like, you're uh, you're good. You, you didn't, you know, cracks. I'm like, okay, great. And then just a few <laughs> days ago, I saw one killed it. But you know, I think, I think they're planning on making on, I think they released roaches into the building. So they definitely, you're getting roached, yeah. you know? Uh, but look, roaches, notwithstanding. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I did this truck route. I had to wake up at like four a.m. and uh, it was a lot of fun. I don't know, like, uh, but I'm I'm completely spent. I mean, it was ninety five to one hundred degrees throughout the day. So was it just was you no and the truck driver? Was that it? Yeah, we got along great, dude. I get in the truck. He's like, "All right, I'm not going to do a black voice because <laughs> I I don't want my life to end." <laughs> but just imagine like a, a black dude from Philly. Um, but he was like, yeah, man, like, I think it's hilarious when people think that, uh, the Democrats or the Republicans are capable of doing anything positive for this country. (laughs) And I was like, I like this guy. Yes. (laughs) Um, so we got along and we like, kind of, we're shooting the shit about uh, how dumb politics is. And, uh, but yeah, dude, I mean, Going in and out of places, moving product around in 95 degree heat with no AC is hard, it turns out. Although we did get a free pizza. Shout out Marco's Pizza. Nice. <laughs> For giving us free free pizza on the way in. Yeah. Dude, the driver called in and, and he was like, yo, what can I do for you guys to get two free pizzas? <laughs> and they're like, well, we need extra of this. He like looks behind the truck. He's like, we got that. <laughs> <laughs> so i was like hell yes two, sir <laughs> two free pizzas that's good man we just embezzled free pizza <laughs> which we ate while driving in a 95 degree uh sun-baked truck <laughs> which is exactly when you want steaming hot pizza pie right but you know it was it was it was you know i mean would i want to do it every day no did i did i enjoy it yes so that's hence the yeah hence the blasé nature of my tone you know i'm usually relentlessly positive but yeah well yeah that's when i think of you i think positivity so (laughs) (laughs) all right listen we're gonna cue light banter oh yeah and we, Thought we were, were in just going to cue light banter. Well, no, we're not in. This is not light banter. This is pre-banter. Okay. This is housekeeping. Oh. This is explaining. This is a, the segment where we apologize for the fact that the rest of the show isn't going to be very good. <laughs> okay. This is light banter. <clears throat> and now for a spot of light banter. All right. George. Yes. 
So you're doing General Assembly from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Yes. Every day this week. Yes, including Saturday. Ugh. I want to jump off a cliff. <laughs> it's rough. It's everyone's like, I think it's like how it's probably similar to how like a lot of people want to become cops to like, <laughs> you know, protect and serve and like be badasses. But then they get go. on the job Can't and they're wait. like, and they're like, they're like, it's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> I mean, it's way more paperwork than we ever thought. I, I feel like that's the same with like people getting into the clergy and then having to like being like, yeah, I want to like, you know, evangelize and serve the disenfranchised and, you know, uh-huh. and, and then it's just like, well, it's a lot of meetings. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of confused people sitting in rooms, sitting in Zoom calls, just being like, um, so we can put this to a vote. <laughs> and uh, so the motion on the table to we have changed the design of our brochure is on the table. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then everyone makes separate motions to amend the motion. So they'll be like, I, <laughs> I make a motion to amend the brochure to get rid of the word the in the second paragraph before it says da 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 da. And then you have to have a whole discussion and vote on that. It's, it's, it's okay. Mind boggling. George. Yeah. Here's what you do. Yeah. Have I told you about my, I found a turtle plan? No. Have I brought this up? No, before? I'm excited though. Okay. Listen, how many people are in the zoom call? Cause this only works in very specific circumstances. <laughs> uh, in the one I'm currently in. <laughs> yeah. 525 people. Oh yes, perfect. Okay. okay, this works great in Zoom calls where it's over fifty people. Okay, great. Okay, here's what you do when you get bored and you're just like, "Oh, dude, I can't handle this. <laughs> like, can't handle this anymore." Right, right. Just unmute and in your most excited voice you could possibly muster. So when the guy's like, "Yeah," and this is why I think that this divestment campaign actually it it is aligned with Christian values as understood by the Presbyterian Church. In the middle of that sentence, <laughs> you unmute and you just go, I found a turtle. And then you mute. Oh, I found a turtle. And then you mute again. And then it's silent, right? Because here's the thing. If it's like a 10-person Zoom call, you're going to get follow-up and someone's going to be like, uh, <laughs> sorry there, George. Uh, can you can you clarify? Uh, we, are you are, sorry? Are you outside? Are you inside? Are you inside? You found a turtle? If there are five 500 people in the Zoom call, no one's going to acknowledge it. It's going to be so out of left field. Right. The speaker is just going to go, oh, oh. <laughs> all right. So, okay. So, uh, yeah, so this ca- this campaign, but it's going to be in his head, dude. And the whole time he's finishing whatever pointless charade of a spiel he's going on, he's going to be thinking about how <laughs> someone in this call just screamed, so oh, I found so a it's turtle. So basically <laughs> icing him is what you're telling, you're, you're telling me. To, yeah. So if, yeah, yeah, any, yeah. if anyone brings a motion that I don't like, I can just ice them by... by uh, he's just gonna, there's going to be so many uhs and awkward pauses and erm uh, and like it's going to become so discombobulated because... <laughs> You can't drop some like absurdist veil shattering, uh, you know, mountain 
of a word fuck onto someone like, ooh, I found a turtle mm. and expect them to to like reestablish a faithful enough connection with base reality to form a coherent point in an argument before a Zoom call of 500 people. It's just completely, I mean, no one has that capacity. Right. So, but, and you, what what's going to happen to you after this? I'm just going to go back to my normal life. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. They can't do anything about it. Yeah. Okay, it's listener, not like a normal company here. where I can even be fired for being disruptive. I just, just. Right. Right. So listeners, okay, this is how you disrupt society. <laughs> and this is how you, this is how you change and open minds to what is possible. Okay. Here's the thing. We are within strict confines as a society. And that's for good reasons, right? You know, sociocultural reasons, ethno-religious reasons, et cetera. You know, we are sort of uh, pushed into tight boundaries to conform. And, you know, it has pluses and minuses. One of the minuses is that, you know, like avenues of free expression can be constrained. But they're never as constrained as we think they are. Mm. And it is in testing them that we understand why these walls are here and where they actually go. Mm -hmm. And how much leeway we have within them. So, um, see, screaming, oh, I found a turtle <laughs> in the middle of a Zoom call is just a very uh, poetic and just sort of self-edifying way of understanding the bounds of your reality. Mm. And in, in seeing what happens next, what's the worst case scenario? So who's leading this Zoom call? Uh, two moderators in Louisville are awaiting it okay worst case scenario you get a call from one of these moderators after the meeting and he goes <laughs> now he's in the position of having to ask why you yelled i found a turtle <laughs> right what is he gonna be angry is he gonna be like uh hey there george uh i, I just i have to ask you about uh, we can't have this oh i found a turtle uh, business going on in 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 the zoom in, in our zoom meetings we can't have this oh uh, oh i whoa shucks what was me i found a turtle it's not relevant <laughs> and it has to stop <laughs> but here's the thing that would be such an uncomfortable call <laughs> that there's no way he's gonna do it. he would do it the second time <laughs> the so second tomorrow time tomorrow he would do it not tonight <laughs> tomorrow yeah yeah if the second time around in the middle of another argument you just go oh i found a turtle then you're getting a call right you're getting go like all right george we can't have any more of this uh oh boy oh shucks oh look at this i found a turtle uh it, it has nothing it has no place in the general assembly okay this is a time for brothers in christ to reflect on the direction of our church not the time to exclaim uh falsely or or even truthfully the discovery of a turtle <laughs> that's that's pretty accurate um <laughs> yeah you know. yeah exactly so look guys gals listeners okay yell i found a turtle in zoom calls why not yeah george i challenge you to to record a zoom call of you exclaiming like make it like you weren't even meaning to say it to the group you just happen to be it's just like you could even be a little farther from the mic like Oh, I found a turtle. You know, like you, you, you can. 
like it's it shocked you like whoa mm. oh, oh, oh oh i found a turtle <laughs> oh a turtle all right well allow me to throw a wrench into this just to see how you would adapt in my situation because in my situation okay. you want to role play i love to role play. yeah here's the role play okay, okay, your, okay your mic is muted for you and can only be unmuted by someone else then you have to you have to message the chat like <laughs> request to be unmuted please <laughs> So essentially, like, 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 uh, go through and and say you're gonna agree or disagree with the motion, so you get to the mic, so they pass you the mic, basically, and then you just say, "I, I found a turtle." You, 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 here's what you do in that case: you go, "Hey, uh, listen, guys, um, no, respectfully, I'd like to go. Oh, oh, I found a turtle." And then you, <laughs> why is there a turtle in my apartment? <laughs> and then you just mute yourself. And you just say BRB. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. That's I uh, yeah. So yeah, you, you did yeah, you did find you a way really to work around. Do it. <laughs> yeah, they'll never call me again. <laughs> oh well, the good Reverend from New Jersey kindly refrain <laughs> from loudly exclaiming that he found a turtle in the middle of rebuttals. <laughs> this is unprofessional and unwanted and frankly ungodly frankly yes <laughs> ah yeah I like no that idea. i uh, i found a turtle Ooh, i found a turtle it is it has the the potential to shatter paradigms frankly so uh you know use it in good faith use it in good health this should be something that injects a little levity into your dull lives um and I, 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 you know, and hey, if you uh, successfully yell, oh, I found a turtle during a Zoom call, um, you know, share it with us. All right. Send us a, send us a little email at coolkidsbiblestudy <laughs> at gmail.com. You can even send us a voice recording uh, on our Spotify and let us know, uh, let us know how, how it went for you, you know? Mm. Yeah. For bonus points, <laughs> yeah, you get a turtle. <laughs> and then you just, I turn and my camera to look, look, there it is. <laughs> no, after you disappear, when uh, when you mute yourself, right, you come back holding a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> you turn your camera on, but you don't mention it. Oh, it's just like, it's, it's like right <laughs> on my shoulder or something. <laughs> <laughs> just look incredulous like whoa, whoa, whoa. point at it on your shoulder okay can you believe <laughs> and uh yeah that that general assembly meeting you just made that general assembly meeting infinitely more fun for like 490 plus people you know and i'm guessing that the people running it aren't going to be thrilled but you know they don't matter as much as the the rest of the the call yeah well that's it. That yeah. That that I'm sure everyone will just love <laughs> taking even more time to debate issues and things like that. So yeah, exactly. To debate. Yeah, yeah. You know what? These are such egghead bureaucrats that they probably start d- debating what type of turtle that yeah, is. Yeah, they probably would. And I believe that is a box turtle <laughs> rebuttal. <laughs> not this is a very common mistake. That is not a box turtle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ugh. oh secondary rebuttal that is a tortoise <laughs> uh yeah i i i say I, I vote for a motion 
I I, I want to bring to the table a motion to take a, a 10 minute recess so I can call my my brother whose second ex-wife was a veterinarian. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So that was light banter. Yes. Now we have something now, special. Now we have something very special, and here it Cole's goes. Deep Dive. It's so, well, it's not as deep as George's Deep Dive, but I think you'll find what it lacks in academic profundity it more than makes up for in charm. That's right, <laughs> you listeners. It's Cole's deep dive. Now, what does that entail? Is there going to be is there going to be woo wacky silly joke time? No, it's not. It's serious. Today's topic is bow to your sensei. Okay, it's going to be a very serious deep dive. Why did we call it bow to your sensei, George? <sighs> because you're into all this martial arts stuff. Okay. Yeah, not false. Um, <laughs> and uh, wow. sensei is a Japanese word for teacher. Is that what you're going for? <laughs> oh, dude. Such, such otaku vibes. Um, no, okay. So I guess I'll just explain it because, you know, whatever. Uh, George is phoning it in today. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> well, because. All right, let me read what I got. Let me read. No, let me read what I got. No, come on. No, don't do no, this to I'm going to read what I got again. Why, so, are you, why do you have to break my balls, dude? Talk about Christians doing yoga, karate, and other activities that are kind of like their own religion. That's, that's what this means. So, you know, I guess okay. doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu is like a religion or something, you know? But anyway, take it away, Cole. I, you know, why do you have to do that? <laughs> He's so no, because you're chuffed throwing, you're, with himself. <laughs> I am very chuffed because you're throwing shade my way, making me look the fool in front of our listeners. Well, we've discussed this topic on a personal level many times. Surely you have enough insight. All right. You well, know the what? idea that we Fine. need to train is that is that no. All right. Then I are, you, you clearly are. are you I know, phone in our conversations just... all the time, apparently. So please. This guy phones in friendship. <laughs> He's too busy serving his church community or whatever. Uh, listen. Okay, listening. Bow to your sensei is... The, you know what the problem this podcast episode has before you assholes write in? <laughs> is, <laughs> is pacing. The pacing is off. This is like when you watch like a dated movie, you know, where like, you know, everything, the acting is good, the scene direction, the cinematography, you know, the art direction is good, but it's just like stuff happens too slowly, you know? That's the problem this episode has, is it's lacking in pacing. All right, pick it up then. All right. Okay, so Bow to Your Sensei, we're going to do a five-minute deep dive. Okay. Bow to Your Sensei is about sort of the, uh, the the personal journey that I've been on as a martial artist and trying to understand, like, what is the line between doing a martial art and doing, like, a secondary religion, right? Because... You know, a lot of these martial arts are derived from religious, pr various religious practices. Sure. They have either, you know, uh, different religion adjacent practices that, that you have to sometimes have to participate in. Or sometimes, you know, your uh, teacher, sensei, crew, your uh, shifu, whatever, will like just directly tell you like and this is to align your chakra right so 
the question is like, as a Christian, what do we do in those situations? How do we approach these martial arts? Mm. Um, what do we, you know, what kind of opinion do we have as Christians towards these things? And um, practically speaking, how do we handle it in the moment? Yeah, I actually, so this, so the interesting thing here uh, is I remember a bunch of think pieces came out when yoga got popular back in, you know, like uh, the late 2000s, early 2010s or whatever like that. Um, when yoga studios started popping up everywhere, uh, it's just not mm-hmm. in big cities. And people would be like, well, as Christians, can we participate in yoga? Because I think out of all of the ones that you listed or like are talking about, like yoga is like, I think the most connected to some sort of spiritual tradition before it it, it kind of, i mean most yoga studios have nothing to do with yeah it now. And, and like engaging in yoga is also like one of the most disastrous uh things you can do to like basically put in great peril uh a friendship with me <laughs> so that's another come on cole you and i can do consider. downward dogs together it'll be great oh <laughs> even the sound of that is just anathema (laughs) yeah so okay yeah it's like how do you how do you deal with that so what is your wisdom oh what is my wisdom say well i have the i mean i have the wisdom of you know the church that you know paul the apostle founded but so i'll lean on that but um i would say that look personally speaking right if you're listening to this and you're wondering about you know doing yoga or doing various uh, other like martial arts or uh, even just having anyone that you're uh, subordinate to who's training you in any discipline, right? Uh, I mean, the thing to consider is like, what are you actually doing and in what context and what are you being taught? You know? Mm. So like, I will tell you that like there, that a lot of, Orthodox priests will say you can't do yoga. Interesting. Because it's designed to worship Hindu gods. Like the forms that you're taking and the act of like these contortions, movements of your body, uh, which Orthodoxy takes really seriously. You know, in the liturgy, there are times where you're meant to stand in and praise and worship you're meant to kneel in sort of solemn repentance you're meant to prostrate at certain times you're meant to perform metanya by you know like uh alternating between prostrating and and standing um so it takes what you do with your body within the context of your relationship with god really seriously um so you can see why they'd be like absolutely not Mm. uh but it, it if you're, let's say, like going to a yoga class or a yoga slash Pilates class or a general fitness and and stretching, you know, stretching mobility class, um, I think there's a big difference between having a teacher who, let, let's say you've got three different teachers, one who constantly emphasizes the religious influences of Hinduism and the spirituality of Hinduism within the class and views the class as a very Hindu meditative experience. Okay. On one end, sure. Another teacher who pays lip service to those things, but doesn't really make it fundamental. And a third teacher who doesn't do any of that. Just eschews it completely. Yeah. Okay. 
And, and I mean, there are a lot of like, uh, I know like martial arts uh, karate senseis who are like, you know, uh, Christians and who, you know, their, their karate gym logo has a cross in it. And they don't reference any of the spiritual beliefs that the people who created karate believed. Sure. And they, they you know, will use like scriptural references and in, in when they address like how their students should use this martial art in the real world or not use it. So like that runs the gambit, right? Sure. And, and it's up to you as a Christian to discern these things. Now, like I do take particular issue with yoga. Okay. Because uh, historically, I don't think it's a stretch to say that these forms were created in order to worship like gods other than the triune God that we worship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's just a little weird. You know, like it, it just sits, it doesn't sit right for me personally. Okay. When I, and I, I did yoga and I never thought the thing about it. So, right. And I wouldn't recommend it to a friend. Gotcha. Um, now, like, do I think that it's a soteriological issue that like, if you do yoga, you're going to be like swallowed up into the depths of hell? No. <laughs> but, um, and at the end of the day, if you go to a yoga class and you do have a deeply spiritual Hindu uh, teacher who like does preach at you the whole time, mm -hmm. I mean, you can't just ignore it, but you are physically performing like an act of, you know, uh, a spiritually Hindu act on a regular basis. And just as I think it'd be a little weird for someone who's like devoutly Hindu to like, let's say, go to an Orthodox church liturgy just because they like the incense and the bells. Uh, <laughs> like, I would look at that person as someone who's exploring or at least open to exploring Christianity. You know what I mean? Well, it's it's funny that you use the Hindu example because we've had that happen oh, this is, yeah. at my church. <laughs> uh, and they don't see any kind of any sort of like and that's because their religion tr is is not as um you know or, focused on orthodox theology like t thinking and teaching about things it's a lot more just like oh the christians worship their god which is one of many and that's fine right. there's actually I, did i ever tell you about the guy who passes by our church every day and does like prostrations in front of it have I ever shared that story? No. Oh, there's an Indian guy who lives in the neighborhood, and just every morning he'll he'll do a little jog slash walk around the, the neighborhood, and he'll stop in front of our church and do a few prostrations. And I asked one of my Indian congregants, like, what's going on? He's like, oh, yeah, he's just, like, praying to the god of our church and, uh, <laughs> and like, asking for his wow. blessing. And and um, and they do that in India all the time. <laughs> and so Indian Christians, like, have to tell their friends. It's like, okay. this is, you know. But I understand your point. Your point For this is, reason, yeah. Hinduism is a horrible example. Yeah, no, but I understand your point. It'd be like a Muslim, yeah, right? Yeah. Or yeah, let's take Islam, yeah. right? Like, if a guy, like, if if a guy who is a devout Muslim was like showing up to one of like my church services that I attend every Sunday, right? And like going and doing all the prostration and doing all the kneeling and do, I would be like, okay, this is clearly someone who's like intently, you know. Now, if someone does that once in a while, I think it's really cool to like explore, like to go to a, um, like a, a Muslim, uh, like ritual 
service right mm-hmm. or to like go to like see what it's like to celebrate uh a muslim holiday or you know exploring different faiths is like really cool and fun like head to a synagogue you know see what that's like um but if you're like doing yoga on a weekly basis sure like some people spend more time doing yoga than they spend in church or in prayer or in bible study combined sure Right. And like many Christians, that's true for many Christians. So I think it's like really important to think about how we're spending that time and like what the foundations of that activity are. Um, And it's not like the end of the world. I mean, uh, personally, right. I do Muay Thai and there is um, like the ties are a very like understanding bunch. So there, there are like certain elements within Muay Thai, like there are certain uh, very Buddhist, right? Yeah, there, there are certain like Buddhist influence things, but you're not like required to do them. The thing that you're like almost required to do, but even this has exceptions, is like why crew, which is simply like bowing to your crew, like your teacher, right? Right. And then bowing to the people around the arena that you're fighting in and bowing to the referees and all of that. Sure. Right? And your opponent. Um, this is one that kind of stumped me and I was having a little bit more trouble finding answers to it. But like, how do you view the whole thing on like bowing? Because I do know Christians that are like, oh, I won't bow to anyone but God. Oh, um, but I mean, obviously, bowing is such a central part of so many cultures, especially in Asia. That um, to me, I was like, I, I can't see a problem in this. I mean, it's it's showing sort of respect and and in certain contexts, maybe even admiration or appreciation. And I think we do that in in many ways in the West. So, I don't, has this ever ever been something that crossed your mind where you were like, mm, we should kind of put some thought into this? Uh, no, um, uh, I uh, I mean. Uh, and that could be for a bad reason. It's just so like culturally a part of societies and has been for a long time. Um, but I think you'd be kind of hard pressed to find a biblical example as to why not, because we have people in the Bible who bow to Kings and things like that. Um, and it's not always a, a bad thing. Um, it's bad if you want to use, and, and I was going to use this story in general. Um, and I, cause I think it actually parallels with this really good, which is the story of Daniel and the lion's den and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and the fiery furnace where like they're, they're Jews and they're living in a place that is a foreign place where people worship other deities and stuff. And as far as we know, from like the way that these stories are told, they are very much like live and let live. And they are in the court, which means that they um, probably don't part like fully participate in all the religious function of the court, but they're around for certain things. Cause that's just how it, how it goes. And they also use titles of address for Kings that, uh, that come from um, these cultures and things like that. So, uh, you know, they'll refer to the Persian rulers as like King of Kings and stuff like that. Right. Um, and that's just the way that you, you talked about them or you tell them that they, you know, it'd be like, Oh, King live forever something that they would say right and so it's just it these so to me it's like that the, but these stories of these guys is basically that they're like there are certain things in society that are fine if you just kind of go along with and like know where your heart is at but it's when it actually makes you 
test your convictions or go against your convictions, that's when you put your foot down. So in the case of these guys, it's it's worshiping an idol. And they refuse to bow down mm. to the idol, right? Because that shows that they um, uh, are 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 not following their faith. And so I think like that's actually a really good parallel because as you were getting at yoga, maybe if your conscience is leading you in a certain direction, it's not a bad thing to err on that because maybe that's just something that's difficult for you um, or could lead other people astray. So I, I think that that's actually a really good this idea of bowing actually is, uh, can end up being a really good place where we may want to test that, even though that might sound ridiculous. So, yeah, yeah. I think like it's, it's important for Christians to be aware of like well, what we do with our bodies and sure. in, why and in what context. I mean, um, the, the, the Greeks got some flack for like, uh, I think it was like, wh- I forget which metropolitan it was, but one of them said like, you should absolutely not put your children in karate classes. <laughs> Because yeah. it's 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 can lead to occult worship. Man, these Orthodox priests are coming out with fatwas left and right here. It's pretty uh, pretty interesting. <laughs> I never heard I about love this it. stuff. Um, yeah, so so like I mean, you have to look for this sure. stuff to find it. To be honest, yeah. like yeah. the Orthodox Church isn't about making these sweeping proclamations about like the nuts and bolts and nitty gritty details of how we should live our lives. I mean, you know, we have the Catholics to do that. Why would we try? But um, so his point was kind of misunderstood and blown out of proportion. His point was like, if you send a child into a karate class that is very focused on like chakra alignment and, you know, all of these kind of like uh, spiritual views around like very, very traditional karate, Mm. um, that could confuse your kid. Sure. Because this is being told to them by someone in a position of authority I mean, it's very common for kids to do karate for like, let's say three hours a week, you know, which is as much time as they're going to spend probably in church, right? in church and prayer combined. So it's like, okay, so you're telling me this kid is getting equal parts, you know, um, traditionalist, like uh, uh, mixture of, you know, uh, Buddhism and Shintoism or whatever. And then equal parts that and Christianity and you're, you know, telling me that you're, you know, raising your kid as a Christian, like uh, that raises red flags for me is, is kind of this metropolitan. And like, I can't fault him for that. I actually think that's completely sound. Um, it just, you know, like any argument that requires a nuanced understanding, like it's just completely trampled by the media landscape of the 21st century. Yeah. But like to me, that's like a really like it is worth considering like i'm sure george like okay you know you you hope to start a family someday i mean let's say like you're in this position right we're both big fans of japanese culture um you know if your kid wants to do karate i mean is this something that like would be on your mind and how would you handle it uh to be honest, it wouldn't be on my mind. It would only be on my mind if I went to one of their classes and saw it because I treat most of this stuff the way that I experienced it growing up. I did Taekwondo, which is different. Uh, but like Taekwondo is, is it, completely different because it's a military martial gotcha. art first. Gotcha. It was developed like, you know, militarily. Pretty sure. Much. Yeah. So I would have to see it myself. But on the surface, I just kind of view a lot of martial arts gyms as kind of being like, something where you can get your kid to 
get engaged for a few hours or an hour, a few, two a week or whatever. And that, you know, they're kind of just there to maybe teach something to, to them, but mostly just to keep them occupied. And they don't, at least in my experience, when I, when I've seen this type of stuff, they usually don't come along, um, with, with spiritual teachings, but that might not be the case. So to me, it would just have happen to depend on the gym. But if I go in there and some guys like Konnichiwa, my name is Jonas Smithu. Uh, and I'm going to be teaching your kid karate. I'd be like, yeah, I'm not really worried about John Smith here uh, converting my kids <laughs> to Buddhism. So yeah, just let him do some kicks or whatever and see it two, in two hours after I get back from ShopRite, you know? So yeah. that's like, yeah. like I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be preemptive on this um, in the way that I might be preemptive if I sent my kids to a Japanese culture and language school, for instance, that might require a little bit more preemptive thinking about these types of things, if they celebrate certain festivals and stuff like that. Um, but certainly like, uh, but probably not with, with, with some things, it just requires discernment. So yeah, it does. I, I'd say, yeah, like, uh, the, the rule of thumb to remember here is like pay close attention to these things. Sure. And, you know, recognize that like they, they are factors. I mean, like, your relationship with God should be on your mind as a Christian in everything that you do, mm. you know? Um, and on that note, we have a slew of I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. You got Q's, I got A's. Can I ask you something? Yeah, sure. All right. So the questions this week come from the Armenian kids at Sunday school, the little kids. All right, George. Uh, so just uh, get ready. Here they are. All right. How small are we to God? Does the cross have a name? How was Jesus made? Do the angels see God? How was God created? Is God married? If God created everything, why do scientists say things were created differently? Why doesn't God just kill the devil? What does God mean? <laughs> if there's no time in heaven, will Jesus still celebrate my birthday? <laughs> All these are very good and important questions. Uh, wow, you really, uh, you really <laughs> went for the whole gambit there, didn't you? <laughs> Should we pick one or two of these? Uh, what jumped out to you? Uh, I think the the one about well, I mean, the ones that jumped out to me are the ones that have very simple answers. So, like the one about God being married is like no. It, it, <laughs> 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 But I mean, uh, uh, but hey, hey, I can turn this into a fun historical moment for us. Um, what was a common uh, uh, pagan tradition in the Near East um, that infected the Jews? And the Bible speaks about this, as does archaeological evidence, um, is that uh, there was another goddess that was there, and her name is Asherah, and people worshipped her as the wife of the god of the Bible. So um, mm. the prophets are like, don't do this. And that's in the, in the texts and in the histories and stuff like that. Um, but we know it happened. And you can look it up uh, online. You can see that they uh, uh, like have like idols and stuff of them. And uh, in them, uh, God has a schlong. So, you know, you can see that if you're interested. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to leave that part out for the kids. <laughs> Is God married? No, but he hangs wood. <laughs> According to pagans, anyway, yeah. 
no, he, yeah, he doesn't really. Oh man, I'm gonna get flack for saying that. <laughs> All right, look, <laughs> <laughs> look, that's that was a joke. Okay, obviously, I don't believe that, and he doesn't. <laughs> Ugh. Okay, this. Uh, you know what? Let's do. How was God created? Okay. <laughs> how was God created? Um. I think it's a good question. I mean, you're you're a Thomist. Uh, you're big into Thomas Aquinas. Um, and so this is like... Oh, no. This is like one oh, of those... I, I guess we have to get into his his take on this, right? Yeah, I mean, like, that's what I was going to answer it with because, I mean, it, it's something developed from Aristotle into Averroes into Thomas Aquinas. But it's it's all about the prime mover. I mean, that's where I was going to go. I don't know if that's where you were... Wait. The prime mover? Can you, can you break down the prime mover? Because this is like my favorite... Aquinas concept. Gotcha. So, um, cause it's, it's also the most misunderstood as like the prime mover just being like the first thing to move. Yes. It's actually much more nuanced than that. Yeah. So. so I'm no expert on this. So if you end up wanting to amend anything and submit any motions, I'll allow that. <laughs> um, okay. but, uh, but the, but the way it goes is it is this argument that, uh, that goes, well, usually is given for the existence of God. So not just the, you know, like how is God made or whatever, but it just goes to show that there has to be something, right? And the idea here is the the prime mover. And it's this idea that, at, that there has to be some causal endpoint uh, for everything, right? That it can't just be an endless series of, of, um, uh, of just if, if causes and effects, right? With with that, just as a loop, because mm-hmm. that's not how things work. You know, if you're playing, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, croquet or something, that's the one where you hit the ball on the ground, right? So you like hit the ball. So uh, you know, the ball moves, but the ball had to go come from somewhere, and so it comes back to well, you hitting it. But what caused you to hit the ball? And it kind of like goes back mm-hmm. in motion. That's very simplified way of talking about it but there's this idea here that there has to be one final cause like ontological cause for everything and that thing that means like the, the that which gives being right the, the uncaused cause. yeah the unmoved mover or the uncaused yeah. cause is sometimes what it's called and so that goes all the way back to that and that is what aquinas calls god obviously that's not all he calls god but that's one of the functions that god has and so there basically had to be something um, that itself was uncreated. And that is what uh, Aquinas calls God. So it's a philosophical, logical argument um, that's kind of built upon Aristotelian uh, foundations. So is there anything you want to add to that to kind of maybe make it more understandable or something? Um, Yeah. So, so, so it's that um, that's all true in Aquinas's view. And then also there must be, because that that the problem with that is it leads to the assumption of like a watchmaker god, sure, like someone who just you know, set the set the universe in motion, yeah, right. That he just hit one domino and then so so Aquinas's view was that like there must be also a being that perpetuates um, all that all that happens in the universe, right? And that otherwise everything would just be entropic to a fault, sure. You know, um, but I mean that getting into that is that's that's a topic for our episode Thomas on Thomas, <laughs> where we bring in the elusive ephemeral t- 
Thomas Wong to discuss his namesake, Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> yeah, that's what his parents, I'm sure Thomas's parents were definitely thinking of Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. Um, what, you think it was more of a Thomas the Apostle? No, I think it was just like, we like the name. That's, that's I think, Really? Yeah. Or I don't know. Are his parents like, are they big Christians? Listen, man, I'm not here to talk about other people's families. Right. Are they big deal Christians or are how they about small we, deal How Christians? about we wait for Thomas on Thomas to ask that that question? I don't <laughs> want to speak for anyone else's. Uh... We've 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 tor- what are you? <laughs> I, I'm willing to speak on Thomas Wong's sex life. I refuse to speak about his family. Some people have boundaries, and that's mine, Cole. All right, all right, fine, <laughs> fine. I was just asking a very simple question. <laughs> but, but speaking of hate mail, if we did that at wrong wrong at all, we're gonna not. Not only do we have to worry about Thomas Wong getting mad at us for speaking ill of reformed theology or somehow not explaining it perfectly we're also going to have to worry about him writing in about that so that's exciting (laughs) keep my family's name out of your mouth bitch (laughs) (laughs) oh man (laughs) let's see your one two combination outrun a shotgun (laughs) um Okay, we've got another question from from our, our dear friend Eric. How do you f- this is this is a typical this is definitely how you know he's a salesman, right? How do you find purpose in your work life? Commish. You get the commish. <laughs> you bring home the commish. <laughs> well, this is a good and question. You make love to your wife on a pile of money. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good question for you, Cole. Um how do I find purpose in my well, work? Well, yeah, because like I guess for some professions, it's probably easier, right? Like for my, like I would think for mine, it's, it's kind of easy because it's like, well, mine is like spreading the faith (laughs) and talking to people about Jesus. So it's very easy to, to find purpose in, in that. Although of course people get burnt out or whatever, but like, so for you, who's in a non ministerial role, like where do you find, what is the purpose that you find? I can give Martin Luther's answer, but I want to hear, I want to hear yours first. Well, it's it's more like first of all, I I do my job as a Christian. Like I prayed, like visibly, you know, before we departed today. Sure, you know, I prayed multiple times in the truck. Uh, you know, I I prayed before our meal together. I have prayed at the end of the day. <laughs> And it's not that I'm trying to shove this in in the driver that I'm shadowing. Like I'm not trying to shove this in his face, right? right. This is just what I would do. This is what I do on a normal day. Yeah, you know. So like, there's a great prayer you can you can use for this. And Eric, I can send this to you. But this is um, this is the the prayer that I pray like before I'm like doing a work task. And uh, this is from Saint Nerses uh, Schnorhari. And uh, also from um, Psalm Psalm eighty, inspired from Psalm eighty nine. Okay, so here, here's the prayer. Ready? Jesus, wisdom of the Father, grant me wisdom that I may always think, speak, and do that which is good in your sight. Deliver me from evil thoughts, words, and deeds. Have mercy on your creatures and on me, a great sinner. Make right the works of our hands, Lord, and may the works of our hands prosper. Amen. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So like you, you say that prayer before you work and it kind of like contextualizes what you're doing now. Like, why do we work? Okay. Well, is this a consequence of the fall? You know, this is not the state of, you know, created man. 
before the fall. Um, we like toil with our hands to earn a living because we're fallen beings. Um, now it doesn't mean that like work has to be some torment, right? Um, it can be fun. It can be fulfilling. It can be horrible. It can be a grind. But I mean, at the end of the day, like we work to provide for ourselves and, you know, eventually we hope that we can provide for also for the people that we love and for our community and for those who cannot provide for themselves. And, you know, we are called upon as Christians to do what we can for those who cannot do for themselves or who, who have very little or, or who have nothing. Um, we're especially called on to protect widows and orphans, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, like, I mean, uh, in my job, right? Like, um, sales is, you know, th there's one reason why people do sales and it's to make money. Right. So, you know, being a salesman is about making money more than any other job there is practically because, that's how your whole compensation package is structured. It's like you do stuff, you get stuff. I mean, salesmen are some of the laziest people on the planet because we won't lift a finger if it's not going to potentially make us money. Right. <laughs> you know, and even on top of that, right, even on top of just getting paid commission on what we sell, you know, there are always these incentive programs like my company around every holiday does an incentive program where in addition to, you know, being paid for bringing in business like you normally are, you get a bonus and uh, you get, a, you know, a, your selection of prizes mm. just for doing your job. Yeah. They're like, yeah. hey, here's an HD drone. Here's a 4K projector. Hey, who wants a popcorn machine? Yeah. Ooh, it's a treadmill. Right, you right, know? yeah. Like, or, or, you get, lazy uh, or, or you get little plaques. Like my dad's wall was full of like the sales, reaching the sales oh, yeah. goal plaque and stuff like that. And guys, we actually cherish and love those. <laughs> Every salesperson is like, oh, well, plaque, what am I going to do? With this? <laughs> and they and then put it on their wall. Seriously <laughs> finds its way into the background of their Zoom calls, you know, somehow more perfectly centered than their faces in their webcam. So, you know, <laughs> so we're, we're a funny bunch. But um, yeah, so, so look, like, what do I hope to get out of my job? Well, I hope to get a lot of money. Like, why? I mean, so that I can provide, uh, you know, so that I can provide on myself. So I'm not taking away from others to sustain myself so that I can, you know, provide for and care for those that I love. And so that I can provide for and care for those who are in need in my community. I mean, in, it's not looked at as a goal, but I kind of look at it as a goal, but there's this idea in orthodoxy called, I don't know if, if Presbyterians might have this too, but are you familiar with reverse tithing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like once you get to a certain amount of wealth and there are billionaires who have done this, like, I forget the name, but there's a guy, he was a multi-billionaire. He died with a, a net worth of $4 million. Mm. And to get to 4 million from multi-billion is pretty impressive. Right. Um, but he reversed tithe. So when you reverse tithe, it's when you have a certain level of wealth where you give away 90% of what you earn instead of giving away 10% right. of what you earn. Keeping 10, give away 90. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there is a lot of middle ground be between 10% and 90%. Yeah. You know, so, so as Christians, right, our goal should be to earn more money so that we can positively affect more people's lives with it. 
Yeah, I mean, so that I think that's a part of a, a good part of it. I, I here's what I'll add because I I found this very helpful and something that I encourage my clients to do um, beyond just uh, bring home those that sweet sweet cash the commish the commish um, is uh, <laughs> is what Martin Luther had to say during his time, and this is actually in response to the idea of of the Protestant idea of the priesthood of all believers that like everyone is equal in the eyes of of christ because the teaching i don't know if it's this way in the eastern church but the teaching in the western church at the time was that priests are in are are, and it still is the teaching in the catholic church actually the priests are actually ontologically that means in their being better than everyone else when they're ordained so like they because they have taken holy orders they are a step above that's something the protestants rejected based on hebrews and um, some of the other texts in the New Testament and said, no, actually, we're all we're all made priests under Christ. Um, and so none of our positions are any more holy um, than anyone else's. And so uh, Martin Luther in this in, in his t- teachings would say, hey, like you can be a you can be a cobbler for Christ or you can be a lawyer for Christ or a merchant for Christ. And what that I mean, Simon, the St. Simon, the Tanner. Sure. Yeah was a tanner. Right. Paul works. So. He made tents, right? Um, yeah. There's this idea here that, and his whole thing was, if you do it, you do it to the best of your ability because that reflects you and your faith. And this is something that was picked up pretty majorly. Um, it's He overstates his case quite a bit, but like this is where Max Weber gets his idea of the Protestant ethic, right? Um, the, the work ethic and things like that. This idea that and this is true in a lot of places, and you see this in in the parts of Europe that adopted Protestantism. You see this huge growth in capital and business in the 15th and 16th centuries, which was based on this idea that, like, hey, the more we earn, like that shows that the better we're pleasing God because we're doing our jobs better. Um, and there can be problems with that. Don't get me wrong, but there's this idea here that you know you really care, and that's why you can look at the Dutch. Better than the opposite. Yeah, you can look at the Dutch and, and you know. see them like making tons of guilders, and then you see them in their paintings, and they all are all in black and white, and where that's like that's like the reformed ethic of of work is that you make a lot of money, but the purpose of doing it is to show that you're working for God's kingdom, and in order to you know help out in in ventures and things like that. So, and I think that's that what's needed among a lot of Christians, no matter what denomination you are, is like what we can really bring to the table in business and in other places is ethics. Um, and I think that that's yeah. like what's would separate like a Christian businessman, a Christian salesman from, and not, not saying non-Christian salesmen would just screw around and do whatever. But this idea that like, Hey, maybe like we shouldn't screw over someone just to make more money because we can, yeah, you know? Um, yeah. And you see this in a lot I of mean, Christian there have been products that I've been asked to sell where I've looked at the product and said, this is garbage and it serves no one and no thing. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm just going to ignore that we even have it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so that's, that's the only thing I would, I would add on to that, but I, I liked your answer. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for the question, Eric. Uh, and, um, and the kids, George, unless you have, thank you kids. Oh yeah. And the kids, the kids who will not hear this podcast. <laughs> Praise God. Um, <laughs> And thank you, George, for sticking sticking with it. I know you're exhausted. This and, is a light, um, a light in my in my day, so I'm happy to be here. This is a light in my day too. Took us a while to get going, but boy, did we get there! Mm. 
So uh, on behalf of both of us, thank you for listening. Thank you for your continuous support of the show. If you enjoyed this show, go ahead and uh, give us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to this on. A written review would be fun, too, if, if you feel so tickled. Um, and, yeah, share this with your friends. And until next week, stay cool, cool kids. Peace out. <laughs>